morning, everybody. Great to see you. Well, if you've uh, attended Brookside more than just a little while, you've heard me say uh, quite a few times how fascinated I am with every discovery of the universe. In fact, I mentioned it Easter Sunday, the latest that uh, scientists are putting out is a possibility that there are not only uh, multiple galaxies, but it's uh, even possible. Good reason to believe that there could be multiple universes. I mean, that incredible or what? I just er, everything, everything we learn about the universe just blows my mind. I love it. But the thing you understand about this, I, I thought about it, thought, you know, I really need to clarify this. It's not, it doesn't stop with how spectacular the universe is, and then that's it. Why I love it so much is that every discovery we made make of the universe helps us understand. God that much better, the God who made it all. It's like David wrote in Psalm 19, the heavens declare the glory of God, the wisdom of God, the knowledge of God, the power of God in everything that's been created. And I love, you know, David, David made that statement, being able to see only what could be said with the naked eye. He had no idea of what you and I would be able to see with what we have today, you know, the Hubble telescope and other things that can look out into, into space. And now we're able to understand that much better, that the size of the universe and how absolutely incredible, you know, how beautiful it is. And I, mean, I, get, I get excited about the next generation, your kids, the little kids growing up now. And I wonder, what, what is it that they're going to be able to see that, that I'm not going to see within my own lifetime is, is more and more they can discover what's out there in, in everything that God's created. And every bit of it helps us understand better the absolute, the, you know, God in his infinity, in infinite wisdom and his infinite power that God made all of that. But here's the deal, everybody. It, at some point in, in all of that, we've, we we, we've got to go beyond just thinking about how amazing God is. So we, where we ask ourselves the question, well, what difference does it make in our lives? What, what difference does it make in the way I live my, my own life? Bill Gates, founder of Microsoft, reflected on this in a recent interview that he did with Rolling Stone magazine when he was asked the question whether or not he believed in God. And I loved what he said. He and, and, and just quoting from him, he said, The mystery and the beauty of the world is overwhelmingly amazing. And there's no scientific explanation for how it came about. He said, we, we really don't know. Science doesn't tell us, how, you know, how did, it, how did it all start? And, and so he said, I think it makes sense to believe in God. And then he added this statement. He said, but exactly what decision in your life you make differently because of it? I don't know. I don't know. That's the right question to ask, and I respect him for asking that question, and I really think that that's a question every single one of us should ask. What difference does it make that God created the universe and every single one of us included in that creation? What, do, what difference does it make in how we live our lives? How, how does it influence that, the decisions and choices that we make? How, how does it impact what we do and what we don't do? That's the question. And I think there's a good number of answers to this question. But I'd say that 
among those answers, one of the most profound, and I would say it's like in the top five answers, is found in the two verses that we're going to look at this morning from the 8th chapter of Romans. And I believe this is true because of what they show us is possible for each one of us, the relationship that you and I can have with God, that, that God himself desires an intimate relationship with you and with me, the creator of this universe. You ever stop to think about that? The God who is infinitely brilliant and, and powerful, the God who made every galaxy, every planet, every, absolutely everything that you and I see on this earth. This, this God desires, deeply desires an intimate relationship with you and with me. So intimate. So intimate that he invites you into a relationship where you can call him father and you can experience all of his love and all of his care every minute of every single day of your life. Now, this might be the first time you ever heard this. And in fact, that's one reason why we want to do the Explore class that we have because Man, I realize more all the time that the statement that I just made right now, for many of you, that might be something you've never thought about before, you've never heard about it before. And, and if it is, I am so thankful for the privilege that I can have this morning to be able to share what we're going to be talking about. Because really, it is, it is in, right at the top of the most wonderful things that any one of us could know. And God makes it very clear to us from from the beginning of Scripture to the end of Scripture, cover to cover, God shows us this, okay? And when this becomes most important, it's in those times of greatest need when you face any and every fear that comes your way, okay? This is where it's so important. And this is, I got to tell you everybody, this is, this is so powerful, this is so significant, because if there's anything that brings us down or limits in what we can do in our lives, it's fear. It's fear. I've, in, in my 38 years as a pastor, I have seen this over and over again. I've, I've experienced it in my own life, and I've, I've had so many conversations with people where, I, where in that conversation I've learned that it's fear that's shutting them down, that's bringing them down so that they're not able to do what really God created them to do, you and me. So here's the life-changing truth we're going to see today, and we can put it up. There's the statement, there's fearless intimacy with God. I want to give you a, a minute to write that down, okay? Because you you're not going to want to forget this, all right? It's fearless intimacy with God. I got to tell you, okay? After digging into the two verses that we're going to look at here in a minute, and really letting those verses sink in, to really begin to be able to understand what they mean. It was, so, it was so much fun to land on this statement. There's fearless intimacy with God. And it's really saying two things, okay? In Christ, all reason for fear of God is gone. It's gone. It's gone. 
You and I can have total confidence that God loves us and that God accepts us, and this is never going to change. It's never going to change. There's never going to be a point in time when God's going to change how much he loves us and how much he accepts us. And because this is true, you and I can know that God, God will care for us. God will care for you. God will care for me, especially, especially when you face the greatest fears that you have in your life. And so I'm, I'm putting in front of us this morning, if there's anything that's going to make you fearless, it's having an intimate relationship with God. It's having this friendship, this very, very close friendship with God. So here, here's what Paul writes. I just love this. So Romans chapter 8, verse 15 and 16. That's all we're going to look at this morning is two verses, this statement. He said, you did not receive a spirit that makes you a slave again to fear, but you receive the spirit of sonship. And by him, we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now, I got to tell you, I would put this in the top 10 amazing statements in the Bible. Top 10. So let's unpack each verse. First of all, in verse 15, the statement, you did not receive a spirit that makes you a slave again to fear, but you received the spirit of of sonship. There, there is hardly a greater contrast that's made in that one sentence. Uh, on the one hand, living as a slave to fear. On the other hand, living as a child of God. They are, they are complete opposites. They're polar opposites from each other. Okay. So now, you might be wondering to yourself, well, fear, what, what are you talking about being a slave again to fear? What kind of fear do you mean by this? I, one, of the, one of the things that's often said is that when you, when you read the Bible, one of the best ways to understand one part of Scripture is by reading another part of Scripture. It's like Scripture explains itself. And let me give you an example of this because we find the answer to this question, what kind of fear are we talking about? And, and the writer in, in another book in the New Testament, the book of Hebrews, the, the writer answers this question for us in the, in the most, at the most fundamental level. And and this is what he said, Hebrews chapter 2, verse 14 and 15. He said, since the children have flesh and blood, and that's you and me, we're the children, he, that's Jesus Christ, too shared in their humanity so that by his death he might destroy him who holds the power of death, that is the devil. And, And then he said this, and here's the statement, and free those who all their lives were held in slavery by their fear of death. Now, I can tell you from, again, 38 years of being a pastor and how many conversations I've had with people, no doubt about it, death is what people fear the most. It's the worst thing that can happen to somebody. It's it's the ultimate fear. And what we're told is that Jesus Christ uh, frees us from this fear by his own death and resurrection so that through Jesus Christ, the thing that will happen is that when we take our last breath on earth, it will simply be, we'll then simply take our first breath in, in heaven. So it's like there's no in between. It's like here we are and there we are because of Jesus Christ. But here's the deal. While it's true that death is our greatest fear, right? It's not our only fear. 
right? There are other fears that we have. I'm guessing that right now, you could take out a piece of paper, and probably without giving it too much thought, you could write down on that piece of paper what is the greatest fear that you're facing in your life these days, right now, okay? And you might even do that, okay? You might even do that. Write that, write that fear down. It might be what's happening in your marriage. I mean, you're looking at what's happening these days, and then Things are not going the direction you want to go, and it's filling you with, it's filling you with fear. You just don't know how it's going to end. It might be the, the, uh, no mar- the fear of no marriage, the, the fear of facing life alone. It might be the choices your son or daughter is making or your grandchild is making, and it, it just fills you with fear what might happen to them if they keep on making those choices. It might be the fear of not being able to have a child. It might be your own health or the health of someone you love. It, it might be what's happening at work. I mean, you, you, it might be that you left your, your, the office or your workplace this last week, and when you left, you, 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 you left thinking, I don't know if I'm going to have a job next week. It might be not having enough money to pay your bills. It might, it, it might be a bully at school. I got to tell you, uh, uh, kids being bullied is not new. I, I had a kid, I had a guy the first five years of grade school that, I mean, I literally thought about this every day. I planned my day to avoid this guy because he, he just waited for an opportunity to, to, to beat me up. I mean, first five years of grade school, I understand, you know, that, that filled me with a lot of fear. And I give you his name, except I don't want him to come and get me, you know. But anyway, <laughs> all right, but... But it, 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 you know what? Or it might be the tension and the uncertainty of the world in which we're living right now. Last night, before we went to bed, Becky was on her computer and, and reading the news. And I don't know if you heard about this, but just yesterday, 200 high school girls in Nigeria were abducted. And I mean, I mean that, that's the world we're living in right now. You know, it might be filling you with fear. And the key point that Paul is making here is that the Spirit of God assures you of, of, the, of the most important thing that you need to know to face every fear that you have in your life, any and every fear. And it's this truth, the truth that you're a child of God. And as a child of God, you can cry out to God with every fear that you face in your life, knowing that God loves you and God cares for you and God has the power and the wisdom to do what needs to be done to help you with your fear. And so Paul writes this, and by him we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. It's like like the Holy Spirit says to us, don't miss this. Don't miss this. He, he speaks into you and he speaks into me, into the very, the very core of who we are. And he says, listen up. Don't miss this. You're a child of God. You're a child of Almighty God, the creator of the universe. You're, you're the child of God, of the God who is infinitely brilliant and infinitely power. You're a child of the God who loves you so much he sent your son to die for you on the cross. This God, this God desires deeply desires the most intimate of relationships, friendships with you. This God wants you to know that as, 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 as his child, you can 
cry out to him with the greatest need, the greatest fears in your life, and you can know that he loves you, and he will care for you, and he has the wisdom and the power to take care of you. Man, this is one one of those sermons that I did not want to rush preparing. It's like I kept slowing myself down. I wanted every part of these verses to sink deeply into my own heart. I mean, this next statement, that by him we can cry, Abba, Father. Now, some of you here today have probably a zillion times heard what Abba's really saying there. You've heard perhaps that it's, it's, it's like saying, being able to say Daddy to God. And for some of you this morning, this is the first time you've ever heard that. But this, this, what I want us to understand here today is almost from the other direction. Is what this word Abba means to God when God hears us saying it. And, and I think one of the best ways to understand it is, is, is the, the enduring, you know, the, it, as a parent hearing your, your child say that to you. Daddy or Mommy. And I think it has two phases to it. I, I, I think it starts, first of all, when, you know, when they're just learning to talk. Do you remember that as parents? Uh, where you, there was almost this competition between dad and mom. You know, to, who was going to get your child to say daddy or mommy first? I, I remember one time, Greg was just an infant sitting on the floor. And he, you know, remember those, maybe they still make them, the little deal with pegs in and you got a little hammer and you can pound the pegs in and he's sitting there and he's pounding and he's going da 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 and I, and I get Becky he's saying daddy you know and she goes yeah right you know it's not daddy he's just pounding a hammer and going da you know making but anyway but you know what I mean right and then I love how it it's like it changes as they get into high school it, they, it develops and it kind of settles in the way they're what they're going to call you the rest of their life and and, and for Greg, it was dad. Dad. I can still hear him say, we finish up a phone conversation. And, I mean, it's in my mind. He would say, love you, dad. Or if I did something really dumb, you know, it's like, oh, dad. You know, that kind of a dad. And for Nikki, it's always been papa. Papa. And for as long as I can remember, and I just, she, she I love how she, she says it in, 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 in just her unique, very special to me, Nikki kind of a way, you know. Hey, Papa. How you doing, Papa? Love you, Papa. I mean, you know, just that, that kind of thing. That, that's what God feels when we feel that from our child. Just blows my mind. The creator of the universe loves hearing us say, Papa, Daddy. It's that kind of enduring, affectionate word that Abba points to that we're led by the Holy Spirit to call God. Clearly assuring us of the intimate relationship that is ours with our Heavenly Father. Isn't that wonderful? The second thing I discovered about the word Abba this is where it's so fun where you're always learning as you're studying scripture. I think it's absolutely amazing. It blew my mind. It's this, it's this. It's the same title that Jesus used in his prayer to his father 
in John chapter 17, and what, what's come to be known by, by us is his high priestly prayer, where, where he prayed for his disciples, and then he looked down through history, and he prayed for the church, he prayed for you, and he prayed for me. And John writes this, and in John 17, in the first verse, he, he said, after Jesus said this, he looked toward heaven and he prayed. And, and what is Father up there is Abba. It's Abba. He was praying, Abba, Daddy, the time has come. Glorify your son as your son has glorified you. And then he, he prayed for all of us. Do you, do you hear what Paul's telling us here? By using that same word in Romans... Paul is telling us that we can pray to God as our Father in the same way that Jesus prayed to his Father. Don't miss this. You can call God your Father with an equal sense of intimacy, you know, and, and, and an equal sense of the trust and the confidence, the fearlessness that comes with it. Absolutely incredible. I mean, don't miss it. Let it sink in. I think it takes time think, thinking about the truth of this to really let it, you know, go to the very core of who you are to, to grasp the difference that this makes in our lives. Or you can say to yourself, I, I, can actually, I can actually call the creator of the universe my father, daddy. Someone mentioned to me that one of Andy Stanley's all-time favorite sermons is a sermon he, that he did on the intimacy of God. And I don't know if you know anything about Andy Stanley, but he's a pastor of a church in North Point, Atla um, in, Atlanta, uh, in Atlanta, Georgia, called North Point. They have several campuses. I mean, just to give you an idea of this guy, uh, his ability to communicate, they had 40,000 people there for Easter Sunday at their different campuses. And then they do a thing on, after Saturday Night Live on some, sev several stations across the country. Very strategic. So th the night before Easter, there were, there were a half a million people that listened to the presentation of the message of Jesus Christ. So, so I thought, you know, uh, knowing what I know about Andy Stanley, I probably should check to make sure he didn't miss anything in his sermon. Um, no, that, that was a joke, okay? Uh, but it's a great sermon. And I, I encourage you to go online and, and listen to it and add, add to what I've already I'm, I've said this morning. But here's, here's what I discovered. This was fun. So what you can do, you can go online, you can Google Andy Stanley, Intimacy with God, and, and what you'll see happen, it'll come up and there'll be a YouTube, there'll be a larger box on, on, on the left with Andy Stanley preaching, and then there'll be a whole series of smaller vertical boxes just to the right of him speaking that are, that are a bunch of other preachers preaching on the same subject of intimacy with God. Really fun. Uh, Andy Stanley's father is a preacher, Charles Stanley, and he's also, one, he's one of those boxes. I thought, how cool is that? Father and son preaching on the same subject. But the one that got my attention was a pastor by the name of Tony Evans. Now, I, have, I haven't heard him for quite a few years. I, I remembered I really enjoyed listening to him preach. I think he's in Texas. And, and so I, I listened to his sermon. And I loved how he began it. He, he, he tells this story of, of uh, uh, he's in his house. And, and he hears his granddaughter in, in his backyard, and she's crying. 
and, and he can hear this dog barking. And so he goes out to find out what's wrong. And, and it's this little dog. And this, and this dog isn't biting her. It's just barking and jumping up on her. And she's scared big time. She, so he, he picks her up and he holds her in his arms. And, I mean, and, uh, uh, Tony Evans is a big guy. He's tall. And so now there's quite a bit of difference between his granddaughter and this dog on, on the ground. And, and, and he, says, he says, so she looks at me, and then she looks down at the dog, and then she looks at me, and she looks down at the dog, and she does this several times, and then she looks down at the dog, and she goes, na 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 You know, I just, I just love that. You know, I, just, I could just see it. But here's what I really love. What he said after this, uh, and I'm going to read this. He said, <clears throat> everything had changed but not her circumstances. The dog was still there. The, the dog was still spouting his authority. He was still making his noise. Something had changed in her. And what changed in her was my presence. The fact that I was now part of the equation gave her a confidence she did not have, a, a sense of victory she did not possess, and even a willingness to face what had given her so much fear. Isn't that great? I love that picture. And it describes what's true for each one of us. We do have a heavenly father who loves us. He's the creator of the universe. It doesn't get any bigger than that. And this is the God who is holding us. He's holding you. He's holding me. And he's got all the wisdom and all the power you and I need to face every single dog of fear in our lives. Every single one. So here's what I discovered, what I've discovered in, in my own life that makes all the difference. And this is, this is your take-home application, all right? Number one, here's what it takes to really grow close to God. Number one, daily time with God. You've got to have daily time with God. I, isn't it true? You cannot be intimate with someone who's a stranger. You don't build friendship with someone who's a stranger. To experience intimacy with God, friendship with God, in the truest sense of the word, takes having daily time with God, unrushed time, time alone with God, time for God to speak to you through Scripture, and time for you to talk with and listen to God in prayer. So first of all, daily time with God. Second, it takes transparency with God, being transparent. Isn't it true? If you're going to have a close, intimate friendship with somebody, you've, you've got you've to be honest with each other, right? You, you can't talk to each other in some kind of stilted formula. So if, if, if a close friend says to you, how are you today, and you're not fine, you shouldn't say fine, right? It's the same with God. You've got to be transparent with God with what's really going on in your life. And, and, and you know what that means? That means you, you don't always be so polite with God. I mean, I, I, if, in friendship with other people, close friends, I don't expect them to always be polite. What, what we need to be is honest with each other. And so if you're angry, you can tell God you're angry. 
You can tell God you're angry. You don't have to avoid expressing what you're feeling. You don't have to be so polite with God. If you're just really torn up about something, you're angry about something, you don't have to come to God and say, well, God, I'm just a little bit frustrated about this. No. You tell God you're angry. I got to tell you, everybody, there have been so many times since our son Greg died in the last two and a half plus years that I have cried out to God in my anger. I have told God my anger. And it's not so much that I'm angry with God. I'm just angry that it happened. And I've told God that, and it's helped me every single time I've done that. So if your heart's full of jealousy, for example, tell God how jealous you really are. If your heart is full of lust, tell God how full your heart is of lust. Oh, and you know what? If you're worried, you know, if you're thinking to yourself, well, I don't know if I should tell God that. You know what? God already knows, right? He already knows. See, you've, got, you've always got to tell God exactly as it is. And boy, if, it, if this is ever true, it's especially true when you're full of fear. You've got to pour out to God. You've got to cry out to God what's giving you fear in your life. Because you know why? It's true. God wants God, with just mind-blowing, the creator of this universe wants to have an intimate relationship with you, so intimate that he invites you into a relationship where you can call him father, you can call him daddy, and you can experience all of his love and all of his care. Wow. Isn't that amazing? God, the creator of the universe. To help us understand how true this really is and really get a good picture of it. I've asked Christina Dark to, to come and join me on the platform and share her story. And back in February, when Kyle and I did a three-week series on sharing your faith, we gave you the challenge to write in 100 words or less your own story of your faith journey, how you came to know Jesus Christ. And one of the stories we received was from Christina. And... Uh, uh, it's a powerful example of what intimacy with God can do in somebody's life. And by the way, if, uh, you, if, if you're new here today, uh, Christina Dark um, uh, is, uh, is the wife of uh, Jeff Dark. And I've said it many times, Jeff Dark married up. Um, first service, I said it wrong. Did you know that? <laughs> first service, I said, you married up. That was really smart. Um, I knew what he meant. <laughs> I, have, I have tried to work my way around that, whatever. Okay, so, but Christine and I had a conversation this last week, and we, you know, we talked about your life growing up from age two, and, uh, and I was fortunate to be able to get a longer version, but I'd like you to just share with everybody this morning. I think everybody's going to find it so helpful, okay? Thanks. Yeah. 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 So uh, when I, my parents got married, and then they had me, and around the time that I was two, they divorced, and my dad moved out of state, so I didn't have very regular contact with him or any sort of ongoing relationship with him over the years, yeah. up through to now, really. Yeah. Uh, but then in the interim, my mom met another guy, and they had a relationship and had a child, and I thought, 
now we're all going to be a family. Yeah. This is going to be great. You know, my dad doesn't live here, but now I have a dad, and I was really happy about that. But their relationship went pretty, went downhill pretty quickly, and huh. it was very, there was just a lot of violence yeah. and abuse, and it was a really difficult home oh. to be in. And finally, my mom just had enough and couldn't, she just couldn't live like that anymore. So they separated, and my mom met another guy, okay. and they got married, and I was certain, you know, this was it, this you is know, it. this yeah, is went through all that kind of all the over. family, yeah. yeah, and what are the chances of it happening again, so really, this should, huh. this is going to work, and we moved, and it really felt like a new start in a lot of ways, mm. and mm. I was honestly thrilled, you know, yeah, to get to I have bet. a family, and huh. Um, uh, but then it, it really followed the same pattern as the one had before. So things got really, really rough with them and a lot of abuse again. And it just, you know, it felt like it all over again, but I was older, so I understood it better. You know, it was all of junior high and high school so and that college. Junior high and high school at that point mm -hmm. with all that. Yep. So yeah. it, it was just a really difficult, you know, it felt like I had told you yeah. this cycle of there'd be an explosion and then things would sort of calm down until just the next one. Then another explosion. It was coming. just that cycle all over and over, over, and over. again. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And so in the midst of all of that, where was God? You know, yeah. what did, yeah. I yeah. didn't know <coughs> really anything yeah. about God or have any sort of relationship with him. Uh, my grandfather, so my grandparents, since my dad yeah, wasn't a part of my life, right. they kind of stepped in, And but my grandpa was a really firm atheist and very yeah. open about his beliefs. So I think if someone had pressed me, I probably would have said, I don't think that there is a God, a God. but it isn't yeah. as if I gave God even a lot of thought. I just, yeah. he just wasn't, it just wasn't any there. part of my, it just wasn't there. Yep. yep. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So, and this is the fun part. <laughs> when did it all begin to change? Yeah, so, yeah. so my sophomore year of high school, I was talking with a friend, and he was describing this yeah. church that he went to that to me sounded crazy, and I had no concept even of what he was describing. And he was saying— Because really, you had hardly ever been in church. Yeah, I just—yeah, yeah, and what yeah. I had experienced was very— go, sit, leave, that's it. Okay. There was no, yeah. you know, I, no connection yeah. for no me connection. at least. Yeah. Um, if you'd asked me what the gospel was, I couldn't have told you. Yeah. <laughs> I had yeah. just no idea. Any part of the Bible. Really, really, yeah. really none. Yeah. yeah. So uh, we, we were talking, and this is, you know, the course of several conversations, and he's describing this church experience and that he can have a relationship with God and that God was knowable and could feel close. And I... It was so out of the bounds of any concept I had of God, and it was very intriguing. And I just thought, that, that's kind of crazy. I would love to just come to your church and see what this yeah. is, you know. Yeah. And so I finally went, and I know I remember nothing really of the morning except for this time when this guy was talking, and he said, it's as if God says, I am your father. Never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. And I just remember tears streaming uh. down my face and thinking, if there's a God who uh. loves me like that, yeah. I would want him. Yeah. I just and I didn't leave that, you know, I left that day thinking, he might be real. I mean, yeah. like, God yeah. might, actually, might, actually be. might actually exist. And so, but another year really went by. Um, we couldn't go to that church. And things got bad again with my mom and stepdad to the point that they were going to get a divorce. divorce. So 
they were working on the paperwork and all of that. And my mom started going to a different church, and I thought she was crazy, you know, for whatever, doing yeah. that. And yeah. she said, well, you should come. And so I did. And I just remember the first Sunday, the guy was, the pastor <laughs> was having yeah, us read guy. out of the yeah. Bible. And yeah. he, I had to have one finger, like, in the front where it would tell you where the different books of the Bible yeah. were. And then That's the other great. was, like, furiously flipping, trying to find yeah. where he was going. Yeah. And totally. I was always late. I was like, oh, we're to something else again. They're but, out to, yeah, they're out to the next <laughs> one already. Yeah. But uh, it was awesome. Uh-huh. And I just found my understanding of God being shaped by what I was learning from the Bible. Uh-huh. And I reached a certain point. I was in a, I joined a Bible study, Bible study. and was going to this church. And I just reached a point where I remember I had a Bible and I said, God, I don't know if you're real, huh. but if you are, I'm going to read the book of Matthew. Yeah. And would you show me? Yeah. And I felt like he did. Yeah. And it was, it was just, it was an amazing, I guess, time period, you know, of me learning about God. I started reading the Bible then through, I just started at Genesis. I didn't know what to yeah, do. Right. So I started in Genesis and I was reading through and I went to college then yeah. over, you know, as I'm working my way yeah. through it and was involved in the salt company. So it's Cornerstone Which Churches. is a college group at Cornerstone Church. Yep, in yep. Ames. And uh, through that, my faith just took off. Yeah. And I began to understand God in ways I never had before. Mm. But I was still fuzzy on Jesus. So I was telling you, yeah. I, I reached Hebrews in my Bible reading personally huh. over Christmas break. And I was reading this book, No Wonder They Called Him the Savior. And finally, oh, yeah. I was like, oh, Jesus, I get it. Okay, it's awesome. fabulous. You know, but it was yeah. it was just I mean, God just really I feel like He pursued pursued me and, and helped me to see how real He was and that He really did care. Just love that. You know, and what I I mean it's just your 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 living illustration example what we talked about here today. Here you you cried out to God, God, I want to know you. Mm-hmm. And God just was so aware of you and he answered your prayer. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you know when you think it love your family you know how much I love Jeff, mm-hmm. and you have three wonderful children, and now as you look, you know, how would you say all of this is impacting you, and as you look and think of for your children and yeah. everything, I mean. Yeah, for, for me, this message of God is my father, and he will never huh. leave me or forsake me, that's the foundation of my relationship with him. It really is. And uh, it, yeah. it's been amazing to see, yeah. I mean, the healing that it's brought me to see yeah. a father like Jeff loving our children yes. Yes. is wonderful. And it has, it's just, I feel like what I wouldn't have realized before, because I didn't have it, huh. um, I see how much I longed for love. Yeah. And that God offered that to me perfectly. Yeah. And, it, and in a way that an earthly father never could. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So yeah. that's, it's, it's transforming really for me to see God loving me so consistently huh. and, and really promising that I will never be alone. Oh, it's beautiful. Thanks, Christina. Yeah, thank Thanks you. so much. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you. So sure, everybody. There really is fearless intimacy with God, fearless friendship with God. In Christ, there's no reason to fear. We have every reason to have confidence that God loves us and cares for us, and we'll do it with all of his wisdom and all of his power.